This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Good morning. So today we are doing the Uddhav Gita. Now last week we had completed the Yamas and the Niyamas according to Krishna. Now as you know Krishna's definition of Yamas and Niyamas was quite different than what classical definition that is understood by people is. So in the same way you will find that Krishna's definitions of some of the very beautiful esoteric words in the regular world that is when we talk of what is happiness, what is calmness, what is charity, the definition is different. It's a classical definition which we see in the dictionaries and the world across. But Krishna has very clear definitions which are different and you will see them now. We are doing Uddhav Gita chapter 14 verse 36 onwards. Calmness is the steady attachment of the mind to me. Self-control is control of the self or sense organs. Fortitude is the bearing of grief. Patience is a perfect control over the palate and sex impulse. <laughs> you, can, you can see that the definitions are completely different. So let us take it one by one. Calmness in our traditional way means you have to be completely calm and steady. There should be no movement. You should not have any disturbances in the mind. This is how you normally think of calmness. Krishna's calmness means it's a steady attachment of mind to me. See the way the definition has been given. When the question was asked by Uddhava, what is the meaning of the word calmness? Krishna says, you can only be calm when you are attached to me. Otherwise, calmness doesn't come. So, we have this understanding that calmness comes when we go and sit peacefully in meditation. Or the idea that I go and sit near a seashore. I sit on a mountain top. I have my children around me. That is what people think this is all calmness. Calmness is when I am sitting in my chair with nobody to disturb me, not even my office calls and nobody around me. I feel calm. And then people think that, oh, I can take some drugs and I can become calm. And there are medicines which will make me calmer. All this that I said to you just now doesn't even give you an iota of calmness. Because the moment a disturbance appears in the world, any disturbance of any kind, you are back to square one where you started. How much can you sit near a seashore? Just a few hours. And then the moment you sit over there and looking at the far away, there is a small boat over there in the sea 
and you are looking her at it bobbing up and down and your mind has become calm and peaceful and suddenly the boat reminds you that you have a project to deliver tomorrow and you know the boat goes into the sea so <laughs> this is what happens to human beings so the person thinks you see when i have my children my grandchildren my relatives around me i will feel calm they come they play around you they are doing all kinds of things everybody is happy maybe they are doing a session watching a television show you know i everybody is watching sitting and watching and suddenly you look at your eldest son and you say this is the guy who has been fighting with me all his life okay <laughs> then you look at your daughter in law and then you look at your grandchildren and then you get into big trouble because this is not what you asked for and then you think how much is this going to last for so did you get this answer now there are lots of drugs which a doctor you know a psychiatrist or a doctor prescribes and says take this regularly have you not seen so many movies see i have not seen in personal life but in every movie that i any every hollywood movie that i have seen i don't know the way they will open that bottle and they will pour out a lot of drug mm, they will take right and without water that too people take drugs without water and then they take so many tablets and gulp it down i have seen this thing so that the person becomes calm how much time does it last till you have numbed your brain it is going to last only till that after that the same mind starts reacting with you and saying why did you do this now i am going to give you more pain just watch and then it gives you more pain and the same trouble that you wanted to get out of comes back to you multifolds otherwise they stun you to this level that you are unable to move some of these old age homes or these hospices that are there around the world people are like zombies you know they just roam around like this is that what you are I saw yesterday a video of a hundred plus year old woman. This woman is taking part in racing. She goes to the track and races. She is a sardarni, sardarji from Punjab. She is more than hundred and one years old, I think. And her son wanted to take part. Her son must be eighty. <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> and he wanted to take part in a race running and he told his mother i want you to also run and this happened 5 years ago and this woman at the age of 101 runs and she runs so fast and at that time you wonder what happened why is she on some drugs or what your drugs for enhancing their properties there is no need everything is within you calmness can come to you if you have 
हंड्रेड परसेंट फेथ इन कृष्णा एंड नो बडी एल्स ऑल अदर गॉड्स आर एफिलियटेड टू समथिंग आर दी अदर इफ यू वॉन्ट ब्रह्मा जी देन यू हैव टू डू प्रोडक्शन डिपार्टमेंट यू सी यू आर सपोज टू बी डूइंग थिंग्स manufacturing them producing them he is always in a state of flux so if i pray to brahma ji i will get flux in my mind if i pray to shiva you know all the those dancing guys are there behind him he is a tamasic god everything connected with tamas is there behind him that is going to come into your life if you take vishnu it's all about calm peace going to sleep but his wife is there next to him she is a dynamo she just creates money power wealth children she will not allow vishnu to sleep you got the answer so whichever god that you dwell on calmness is not going to be there so krishna says calmness is a steady attachment of the mind to me if your mind is only lost in krishna completely totally immersed in krishna then you don't have to bother about anything full day and night this calmness will be there 24 bar 7 365 days in a year till you die and after death also it will be why because the steadiness of that the calmness will come to you because there is nothing else in this world besides him in scriptures otherwise you will find that everywhere they talk of almighty god Uh, this was a question which came up sometime when a person says who is this almighty god who is this supreme god that you talk of who is this god you know the highest the supreme divine consciousness the ultimate or what we call as father in heaven or allah who is he please remember this god in every religion has no name no name he is not the deities or the small gods that we have the deities and all are subject to birth and death they have their own birth and they have their death also they will be dissolved at the end of the yugas so then if we are praying to this kind of gods then are they supreme god no this almighty god is nothing but krishna he is known by us as krishna so he says when you have you know locked your mind on to me you will get me the ultimate not in between nothing in between so you have to know this when all the gods they dissolve all these demigods when they dissolve that all goes to the state of brahma dan manifest domain this almighty god is beyond the unmanifest beyond the unmanifest 
Beyond the unmanifest is the supreme God. He is the one who created the unmanifest. So Brahma is his creation. Got it? So he says, you be lost in me. And then you will get calmness. So this is calmness for you. Not the calmness which you otherwise think of. The next word that he says, self-control is control of the sense organs. This is more or less gelling with what we have otherwise also. A person needs to have self-control. I can assure you one thing, that every tendency of yours is going to raise its head every now and then. If you have a tendency of anger, that anger is going to come every time when you think that you have succeeded. Every time you think, I'm calm down, you will do that. But anger is a tendency which can never be destroyed. Only when you are in spiritual can you understand that anger can be destroyed. Like that there are other tendencies also. People, those who love to, you know, kleptomania, want to, you know, take away things without asking permission. They believe that is their father's property or that is their own property. This is a tendency. You need to have control. So what is the meaning of the word self-control? Self-control means to zip yourself up and zip you everywhere. Okay? Control yourself. There is no need for your senses. There are five senses, isn't it? There are five sense organs and there are five organs of action. Why does your hand keep on, you know, Feeling. Why does it keep on moving? Why? Why does your leg keep on running everywhere? There are people in this world who love to run away every now and then. They feel that going on holiday every now and then is the right thing for them to do. They'll say, oh, this time I went to this place. Next time I will go here. Then the next time I will go there. And then the next time I will go there. Their legs are moving constantly. Some people, their tongues are moving. Every now and then, even when I tell my own disciples who have that dirty habit of talking, I tell them silence is golden. Please remember, silence, the highest of the yogi is silent. Keep your mouth shut. But they don't seem to realize they will do the same mistake over and over and over again. There is no self-control. Self-control means controlling your senses, sense organs. Five eyes, ears, all those and five organs of action. Both these need to be controlled. That is self-control. Why is it that your eyes are wandering here and there? You see, if you are driving down one way and there is another woman driving a car or something like that, why is it important to turn your, you know, my, your whole body on that side? Is it necessary? But that is the thing which is important. Why is it important to control yourself? 
Self-control means you need to control your eyes also. There is no need to even flicker them. Ears. Why is it important to hear everything that is going around you? Snooping around. Wanting to know what the other person is talking. You know how dirty that habit is. Self-control according to Krishna means controlling your sense organs. You have to control every organ of yours. Today morning we were talking about the tongue. How much food is a person supposed to eat? Normally today's day and age, the youngster, the younger generation will eat at 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock in the night and after that they get up at 10 and 11 in the morning and they will have a lunch and a breakfast together at 12 o'clock and 1 o'clock. I mean, just imagine, you are keeping your stomach very hungry, your body is starving. You can have small meals. You get up in time, discipline your life. And then you will not have any trouble whatsoever. Ask all those oldies. How many troubles do they have? All the old people. I myself, when I was working in a company, this body was working in a company, and I used to travel from village to village. There was no food available at that time. This is 1979 and 80. There was drought, famine. Many places I never got water. There was no bottled water by the way at that time. So whatever water that was available we had to drink. And many a times I had to live on just that parley G biscuit, you know, the parley gluco biscuit. That is all that was available in the villages. There was no Maggi noodles also that time. In 1979, there were no Maggi noodles. And because I had such a terrible lifestyle, because of too much of travel and very bad working hours, I had to undergo surgeries later on in my life. For what reason? It is because I did not manage my life properly at that time. It's the same thing. You need to have control over your tongue also. You should have regular meals. Small, regular meals. And not just hog. Your tongue is not you know, required to keep on tasting everything. It's not important. As a yogi, those who are on the path of spirituality, remember, this is a lesson being given by Sri Krishna to Uddhava. And when Sri Krishna is giving this lesson to Uddhava, he is telling him because Uddhava is interested in becoming a spiritually perfect person. Now when you want to become a spiritually perfect person, you cannot eat at whatever time you feel like. You cannot eat whatever you feel like. So you need to have a control over your tongue. You should have control over your ears. You should have control over your eyes. You are not supposed to be looking, wandering here and there. You know, the wandering kind of eyes you cannot have. Likewise, the organs of action also. So, when you have this control over your senses, that is called self-control according to Krishna. I hope you understand that. This is a different definition than the material worldly definitions. 
Now we move to the third letter. Fortitude is the bearing of grief. Now fortitude in our normal world would be, you know you get a dressing down from everybody. The husband gets a dressing down from his wife. Okay, the wife may get. The children get constantly. Nowadays the children are not even, I mean they were least bothered about it. When you get a dressing down, you just want to listen to it. But your mind is talking, is saying, one day I will show this guy. One day I will show her. One day, you know what? I will just go away. Isn't that what happens? Or when your boss is giving you a dressing down. You know, I am in this position. That is why you are shouting at me. You are putting all your blame on me. This is what the mind is talking. People think that is fortitude. Not able to talk at that moment in time, but I am able to withstand anything. Krishna has a definition for fortitude. He says you should be able to bear the grief. Anything can happen in this world. Your own husband may die, wife may die, children may die, your parents may die. Anybody can die whom you love the most. Material worldly people have love of their life also. Why are you grieving? What is this grief that a person is in for one year? You know, my wife died one year ago. I am still grieving for her. And the person, you look at that person, he is completely bent over. And he is showing all kinds of, you know, very sad faces. And people love to pander to these kind of idiots. You should be able to bear the grief. Your world is only one wife of yours. Or one child of yours is gone. Okay? I am just talking about some examples. But if you understand Krishna, this whole world is his. You think he should be crying every minute somebody dies? Uh, Just keep on crying? I mean, just look at it. God owns this world, right? Everybody is his children. Not only Jesus Christ, you too. Tomorrow you will be dead. You think he is going to cry? The child is... You know, poor thing, I have to take my child to the hospital. He did this, he fell down. A person cannot, is not able to bear that also. The whole world is coming to an end. Ten people died, fifty people died, a million people died. Poor fellows, they all died. Coronavirus, this is happening. If you have this kind of an attitude, Krishna says you are not suitable for spiritual growth at all. You cannot be grieving for people. So understand this word. Fortitude means not to have any grief at all. Because you are not related to anybody. Including the people that you are born from. If you think that there is a womb and that from that womb you are born and if you are attached to that mother of yours or the father of yours, you are going to surely get into trouble 
because understand the the karma works in a different way the more attachment you have the more grief you will have and the more grief you will have the more you are going to be entangled in the material world you are going to perform karmas after karmas and you are going to be tangled into rebirths over and over again think about it the idea that the same mother or father is going to continue in your next life is a mistaken thing who has told you that these children who are born out of you or the parents that you are born to are going to be there in your next life please remember there is no such thing they may not even be there in your life you may get a new set of parents okay the new set of parents could be pigeons so now you think of your mother as a pigeon mother pigeon mother pigeon father or maybe you had cross pollination you know tiger mother and lion uh, husband of hers so what do you call that ligon or tigon think or you become a khachar a mule you understand a donkey and a horse so imagine your mother is a donkey and your father is a horse now start thinking about it what mother and father are you talking about and what children are you talking about this life you have human children next life you may have cockroaches all right or you may have birds because you may be a bird yourself this kind of attachment is going to be miserable it's going to make you miserable to the core these are only happenstances they just come in your life see remember one thing if i have to go to a shop to buy milk i go to some shop where i get the milk from or i want eggs or i want some bread or something i will go to one shop and i will buy bread from there do you think i should tell that fellow oh you are the one who gave me eggs you are the creator of eggs do you think that is how you do that is just an outlet outlet you understand a place from where you get the eggs from somebody is selling them so when god wants to put you in this world he gave an outlet called a mother then mother has no relations with you spirituality will teach you that these are only people coming in the just like i went to the shop outside to buy something i am not related to him neither is he related to me so what makes you think that you have a mother father brother and all this this is not a done thing so understand this the more you are able to you know handle this grief this unnecessary attachment of yours causing grief to you then at that point in time you will be called a person with fortitude so krishna tells uddhava please remember this fortitude means you will be able to overcome the grief the next word is a very interesting word it is called patience now listen to these words carefully patience is a perfect control over the palate and the sex organ the sex impulse have you ever thought of this as a patience do you think krishna is some ordinary person who is telling you this 
Krishna is God Almighty. And these are Krishna's words. And Krishna says, if you cannot control your palate, the mouth and that sex organ of yours, then you are impatient. But if you can control these two, that is called patience. Patience means controlling the palate and the sex impulse. Now when I say sex impulse, it's not only talking about the organ. It is also talking about the impulses. You look at a person from the opposite sex in front of you. Looks hot and handsome and good and pretty and beautiful. Immediately you start having those impulses in you. Got it? Why is it that you had that impulse? You know these are called baser instincts. They are the road for going into the material world. You can never get out of it. Even the Bible and all the other scriptures, the holy scriptures across the world say the sex drive is only for what is called creating the next generation. That's it. And not for pleasure. Please remember this. Those who take pleasure in this. By the way, we are going to do a big chapter, a very big chapter on sexual pleasures also in the Uddhav Gita. He is talking about one forefather of Krishna. So we will do that chapter later on. But just now remember this. Patience means you should be able to curb your sexual impulse. It is not necessary to get sexually attracted towards things. People. You need to control your mind. People, those who have grown older, when they have children, even then, when they are older, their sexual drive is not finished. They still want to. That is why you will find that 60, 70, 80 year old get married again and again. For what reason? I mean, just think about it. What does it think? What does a person think about it? We have film actors who already have children, you know, grown-up children and they are getting married to girls who are younger than their daughters. For what reason? Sexual impulse. This is what Krishna is saying. If you have sexual impulse, please remember you can be from any denomination. You can be a Hindu, a Christian or a Muslim or whoever. You are not a spiritual person at all. That path is barred for you. Because you don't know what is patience then. Alright? So this is one aspect of it. Now let us come to the second aspect of it. The second aspect of it is palate. You know, people behave like hogs. You know, pigs. When you get some food to eat, they just want to climb on top of the food and just gobble it up. How much food can a human being eat? If your body weight is such, 
if you have to get only so much do you know in spirituality we have this saying the understanding is this if your stomach is so much you should eat half of that not i want stomach filled then there is no difference between you and a pig also got it look at the birds the birds only take a little wherever they go they take that little and they go away look at the animals you see a lion or a tiger will not hunt for days at stretch why because if they are satiated once then they don't feel hungry at all they won't run after even the animals may pass in front of them they will not even bother about it but a human being show him the food yum yum at every juncture he will wait and he will say oh nice oh i want this oh i want that till the stomach is bursting it should never be like that and that is the reason why patience means you should be able to control your palate also how many meals does a person actually need there is a science on it people say at least eight meals in a day small small eight meals in a day this is what was written this is scientific proof have you seen those yogis who stay in the mountains those are spiritually perfect people they may not eat food for many days also they don't even drink water for many days but they are alive and their senses are working perfectly you go catch hold of these yogis and ask them some question and they will be able to tell you the answer the cognitive behavior what they can recognize you anywhere they can tell you who you are where you are coming from what is it that they can speak they will be able to answer you correctly but here in our material world a person just wants to keep on eating 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 gobbling up completely as if there is no tomorrow or the palate is i want to eat the most expensive meal on earth you know there are those potatoes which come from france okay so these potatoes are 75 dollars a kilo 75 dollars a kilo ha huh? how much does that come in rupees i don't even know thousands for 1 kilo of potatoes why because they are made in some special region i want to drink champagne champagne comes from the district of champagne in france yes it is nothing but white wine bubbly it comes from one district and those are grapes same grapes are grown all over the world but no that has got a very nice taste palate you see jesus created wine from water you know that no so what is wine nothing but water 
so why is wine drinking so important why is liquor drinking so important why is smoking so important what is that palate of yours what is this forget about polluting the world you are killing yourself yes you want to die please why do you want to die slowly and problem create problem in the world and you see those who know how much cancer you know cancer treatment cost those who know this answer a cancer treatment cost a bomb and if you are a smoker or a drinker very soon you will be down with lung cancer or liver cancer or some other cancer now you think about how much money you will make other people spend on you and then you will stand in front of god and say god please save me well don't you have the patience why do you need to smoke and drink right now control your palate also no this is not important have very simple meals simpler the better you want to grow in spiritual spiritual knowledge will only come to you if you eat simple food stuff okay then you need to control all those other senses also i just now discussed i gave a 5 10 minute discussion on that zip it up have self control don't keep on thinking about all those exploits that you can do there is no need for you and if you are interested then don't come to spiritual get out of that stay away from it if you cannot patience if you cannot have patience patience means control over your palate and sexual impulses got it so we move to the next verse again another set of reasoning which can only be understood by krishna this is a material worldly reasoning is gone out of the window over here okay now please listen to these words we are doing uddhav gita chapter 14 verse 37 krishna is telling uddhava this answer when he asks the question what is charity so the answer he is giving and there are other things also the highest charity is relinquishing of idea of violence towards beings patience is giving up desires valor is the conquest of one's nature and honesty is looking upon everything with an equal eye did you ever think like this you see you go to wikipedia you go to dictionaries you go to any definition you go to even the biggest of the colleges this definition is never there correct this is spiritual definition given by sri krishna for your spiritual development it is not meant for getting degrees in colleges okay when you want spiritual development and those who are sitting for my satsang and listening to it should be interested in the spiritual growth only and if you are interested in spiritual growth then these things are valid for you 
So let us take the first one. The highest charity is relinquishing the idea of violence towards beings. You see, violence is not just creating fights or some kind of, you know, physical violence. This is not physical violence also. It also talks of mental violence. It also talks of disturbance to the mind. Sometimes you keep on talking like this, you know, I want to show this person. I wish that person goes into the gutters. I wish that person, you know, miserably, suffers miserably all his life. When a person talks this, that language, that language is not charity at all. If you want to do charity in these worlds, in this world, your language should be perfect. It should sweetly be talking about things. You should be in love with this world. When you see someone making mistakes, your job is not to point out the mistakes, but to see to it that that person corrects it and goes ahead. Not to pull down that person. If somebody has a tendency of saying whatever they feel like because they have a very loose tongue and a dirty mind of theirs. There are people in this world who have a very dirty mind and they have a loose tongue and they will say for every letter they will say F and this and that and all kinds of dirty words. You should feel pity for this kind of people. Okay? And what is it that you can do? You can please show them charity. The charity is to feel that person's problems and say, don't worry, things will be fine. Their minds are astray. Their minds have completely gone off the rocker. Put them down and say, don't worry, everything will be fine. You see, when the whole world was standing in front of Jesus Christ and cursing him, they were, everybody was saying, hey, put him on the cross, put him on the cross. Everybody was talking like this. Not only the Jews, the Roman soldiers and everybody, except a few of them. But Jesus Christ, who was looking down from the cross when he was put on the cross, he never said, I want to show these fellows. Next life, when I come back, you know, I'll show every Roman over there, every Jew. He never said any of those words. On the contrary, he said, forgive them. Forgiveness should be there. Become charitable. When a person speaks badly to you, it is not necessary for you to respond back to that person. If a person misbehaves with you, it is not important to point out and keep on shouting at that person and you know beating the person also. It's not important. Show charity. According to Krishna, charity means being charitable to everybody, not one or two people. You see, the idea that you got to be charitable to everybody in this world. Charity is relinquishing the idea of violence towards beings. When something is happening in this world, you know, there are lots of bad stuff that is happening in this world. The man immediately feels, I want to show those fellows. What? When the enemy is fighting with the one country, there is so much of enmity around. 
when you relinquish the idea of violence towards beings, violence of both the kinds, physical as well as other, they should be not even violent words. It's only when you are peaceful and calm, when Krishna is inside of you, when you are a devotee of Krishna, that you will find the calmness in you. Didn't I do this as the first word? When you are calm. What is calmness? Calmness is a steady attachment of mind to me. When your mind is totally attached to me, this word will not come up. Where? You will become very charitable. Charity will come to you directly. And what is charity all about? Charity is about relinquishing the idea of violence towards beings. Towards no being. That is, you should become peaceful. There should be a lot of what is called as patience towards that person. Don't bother about it. You see, a person keeps on jabbering, jabbering. When a person is angry, they keep on talking whatever they feel like. You should know that. You know, there is loose tongue. At such point in time, become charitable. The person is doing it because he doesn't know. And spiritual people especially should know. They should never become like them. Then what is the difference if you are going to get angry just like those other people and if you are going to show violent nature of yours towards those other people. When you say I want to cut that person, I want to destroy that person, I want to kill that person. What exactly are you talking about? In Krishna's world, these words are not right. Krishna never said those words. He never told Arjuna, kill that fellow, come on. Is that what he did? I mean, just imagine Krishna is there on the, on the carriage and he's telling, right now, come on Arjuna, kill him, kill him, kill him. Is that what he did? No. Krishna was quietly riding the carriage. He had given him the lessons. The Krishna had given the lessons to Arjuna and here Krishna is giving the lesson to Uddhava. That was in Bhagavad Gita. This is in Uddhav Gita. Uddhav Gita is a more profound book. Is a more profound teachings. Then, now you can understand, isn't it? Do you think these definitions were given to Arjuna? Not at all. So please understand this. Uddhav Gita has got an in-depth meaning for every person who is there in this world. Not for just a, a person who is fighting. For you and for every other person. Have that. What is called as charity towards everybody. Be charitable. Don't have violent thoughts and words or actions against anybody. Please be calm and have that charity towards that person. Never show that kind of a discomfort when the other person is talking badly with you. Got it? The next word is called penance. Penance means giving up of desires. Now what do people think? I am doing penance. I am going to the Himalayas. I am doing this. What are you talking about? According to Krishna, penance means giving up your desires. If you have a desire of any kind, it could be in the pettiest of the desire. 
What is the pettiest of the desire? Maybe you are watching the news and suddenly you find that that person is having some nice, you know, cell phone and the desire comes. I want to own that phone. It's a desire. A desire is going to destroy your life. That phone may cost a bomb. You will have to make that much amount of money. And that desire will come in you and that desire is going to destroy you. Because penance means giving up of desires. When you want to do penance, give up every desire from your life. The desire to enjoy the heavens is also a desire. Please remember, every desire is destructive in nature. The only desire which is the best one is to be with Krishna. That is to be lost in Krishna. That is the only desire a person should have. When Kunti was asked this question, Kunti saw everybody dying in the battlefield and she was one mother who was suffering very badly. I am not talking about Gandhari, I am talking about Kunti over here. Remember that. So Krishna asked her the question, What is your desire? You know what she said? Give me all the pain and misery in this world so that I can remember you constantly. It is when a person has pain and misery and all the problems and the troubles in the world that they remember God. So Kunti asked for all the troubles in the world so that she can remember Krishna. That is a desire a person can have. A highest of the desires. There was another story of Mandodari. She was running away from Sri Ram. All the people, they wanted to catch her. They, she was trying to run away. And then she was caught. And then she was asked this question. Why are you trying to run away? We are not going to kill you. You know what she said? I am trying to run away to stay away from, you know, you people doing something to me. I want to see Ram's Leela's continuing. That is why I want to be alive. That is her way of saying. The desire of any petty kind, having children, getting married, wanting anything, you know, anything in the world, is a desire. It's a petty desire. And when you have the desire, spiritual goes out of the window. So there is no spirituality there. So remember, penance is giving up of desires. The next word is valor. Valor is conquest of one's nature. Now you may think valor means I am fighting in the battlefront. Okay. And valor also means in the class when everybody does mischief, you know, there is one child who will go, I did it. And you think that is valorous. Or you will find that when there are all these people who are, you know, trying to save a dog which is drowning in the river and they say, is a valorous act. 
there is fire in the building and the and the fireman goes and saves a person and they think that is velar krishna's definition of velar is different when you want to be in spiritual please remember the definition of krishna is very very unique krishna says velar is conquest of one's nature right in the beginning i was telling you that you have a nature the tendencies of yours when you have a tendency of anger lust greed or whatever can you curb your tendencies can you shut down that that window completely and say you know i don't want to do this whether it is looking at beautiful girls or wanting to eat very you know delicious food or just getting angry over people for no rhyme or reason or for any rhyme or reason even reason is not correct when a person says the other person is doing so much bad to me i you, you think i am not supposed to shout at that person and you know do something to that person no you want to be in spiritual please understand velarus the word velar means controlling your nature that nature of yours which is telling you constantly that you got to do this you got to do this you got to do this you got to control your nature whatever are your habits whatever your tendencies whatever that karma that you think you are doing can you control it have that self control when you can control your nature it is not necessary to do like this it is not necessary to go to the kitchen i can smell something nice it is not necessary to have the sexual instincts every now and then veiler means controlling your nature the human nature that is there all the desires comes because of this nature of yours to drink to smoke to eat you know all these these are desires i want this i want that i want this i want that when you have these desires you are going to be out of this spiritual spirituality means to become velarus means to give up desires give up all those desires here the answer is this why is krishna telling arjuna sorry not arjuna this is uddhava why is krishna telling uddhava to have this to become velarus when one conquers one's own nature you know nature can be conquered let us say you have a desire a certain desire of certain things and that nature of yours is you should drink you should drink you should drink you should drink don't fall for it have the self control become velarus tell that drink i will not touch you tell that drink i will not touch you suppose you are attracted towards a person say that i won't even get attracted to you why is there need for that when you can control your nature this way and not fall every now and then then you become velarus
Then we come to the last definition. Honesty is looking upon everything with an equal eye. What is honesty? Now people think, I am honest, you know, I am very truthful. According to the material world, truthfulness and honesty is a different world altogether. My father is an honest person, you know, he never took bribes. They will say these words. Or they will say, I have never told a lie. I am a very honest and a truthful person. What is Krishna's definition of honesty? He says, honesty is looking upon everything with an equal eye. Look upon this whole world with an equal eye. Now we will wonder, how did this thing change? What is the meaning of this word? Please remember, you are living in a world of Maya. The word honesty in your material world is de designed by Maya. What you think is honest and truth is your version of it. It is not the truth. Truth is different. Please remember this. When you are trapped in the material world of Maya, Maya created this whole world and you think you are telling the truth and you are an honest human being, Maya is creating that imagery for you. So the person says, I am truthful, I never took bribes. Well, Maya is there right around in front of your face telling you, you are telling lies. So you'll say, no, I never took any bribes. Well, your job defines that you have to take bribes. What is Guruji teaching me? Your job defines that you are supposed to take bribes. You know, consultants, they take commissions. For doing certain job, a person takes commission. Yes, no. Will you call that commission as a bribe? Just because I am giving an official letter saying, you know, that see, I am giving you, you gave me 10,000 rupees as a commission. I am going to pay service tax on that. So that is truthful according to you. Well, according to Krishna, honesty means looking upon everything with an equal eye. Where are you looking at an equal eye? You think justification comes. Incidentally, this word is a very, very dicey word. Tomorrow when I start the satsang, I will repeat honesty. It's very important for you people to know what is the true meaning of the word honesty. So I will start with this last line and then we will do truthfulness and all those things, other things. Because according to the human beings, truthfulness is a different word. So Krishna's definition of truth is different. Krishna's definition of honesty is different. These words have different meanings. So please remember this one thing. 
how you define what is it that you have to do in this world in the spiritual domain so we have come to the end of today's satsang we have done two verses 36 and 37 tomorrow we will do start from verse 38 from chapter 14 of the uddhav gita but i will do the last line tomorrow also join in and i will see you all tomorrow before i end i wish all of you a very very happy ganesh chaturthi today is ganesha's birthday so wish you all a very very happy ganesh chaturthi take care have a nice day bye